I'm an addict. That's the thing. It's like addictive people. Like I'm not just going to have three Skittles. I'm going to have the whole bag until I feel sick. I'm not going to have like one, you know, the 10 wheat thins. Like I want to have half the bag until I feel sick. Like that's just my, how my brain is programmed. Happy Wednesday, you guys. Today, Courtney Friel is on the show and she is the author of Kicking Booze and Breaking News and has been sober for 14 years from alcohol and substance abuse and shares her story on how she got sober, met her husband, and deals with chronic migraines all while being a mother and TV news anchor. This episode is raw and real and Courtney doesn't hold anything back. You guys are listening to The Digest This Podcast, and I'm your host, Bethany Cameron. Let's get right into it. Not a lot of people know that tea bags are full of toxins, and when heated, these toxins can easily leach into your drink. I am trying to educate myself and others more and more as studies and research continue to evolve. Not to mention the toxins and chemicals sprayed on the actual tea leaves and herbs commonly mixed into the toxic tea bags. And a lot of companies are now adding natural flavors to their teas. And we all know from my viral Instagram video that natural flavors are not natural at all. They're made in a lab and are added to products to make you more addicted to that product. Natural flavors, toxins, and chemicals are hijacking our taste buds and disrupting our endocrine system and gut health. That's why I appreciate Peak Tea. They triple toxin screen all their teas for purity, ensuring no mold, pesticides, heavy metals, or harmful chemicals are in their tea crystals. And yes, even though they're all certified organic, Peak Tea still takes the extra step to screen all their powders. Another thing I love is that their green teas, black teas, and herbal teas are in powder form, so no toxic tea bags are being heated. Each serving is individually packed, so you can easily pour one serving right into your cup, coffee mug, or blender. Their cold extraction technology gently extracts and preserves active compounds and phytonutrients from their organic ingredients, distilling them into their most bioavailable and maximally effective form. Their patent technology synthesizes the most bioactive isolates from whole food sources to deliver payloads of essential nutrients into your cells for enhanced absorption. And if you're looking for a coffee alternative, Peak Tea has a blend called Chaga Energy Elixir, which is 100% caffeine-free, yet still gives you energy without the jitters and can even provide a calmness at the same time. The adaptogenic properties of their wild-harvested Chaga, burdock root, and North American ginseng support cellular rejuvenation. And like all their teas, this blend is organic and contains no natural flavors that, like I mentioned, surprisingly, many tea companies are adding to their products now. So be on the lookout for that, you guys. Another top seller from Peak is their ceremonial grade matcha powder. This one is actually quadruple toxin screened because matcha powder can be so heavily sprayed and it's a rare find to come across a good quality source free from chemicals. So 
There's zero preservatives, zero refined sugar or additives, and it contains EGCG, known to help firm and brighten skin, as well as L-theanine, which promotes calmness. And it gets even better, you guys, because Peak Tea offers a free return policy within 30 days. So if you try something and you're not happy with it, just send back what you didn't use for a refund. You guys know I have a deal for you as well. So if you go to peaklife.com, dot com slash digest, you can receive up to 15% off plus up to two free gifts. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash digest to get a discount and some freebies. One in three adults don't consume enough protein. And if you want to build muscle, lose fat, keep your immune system strong, and have all-day energy, then you should be eating at least one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 140 pounds, that means you need 140 grams of protein every single day. For reference, one egg has just six grams of protein, so you need at least 24 eggs per day to get 140 grams of protein. And if you're a senior, you need up to 50% more than that. That's because as we age, our bodies require more protein to preserve muscle mass, keep us healthy, reduce recovery time from illness, and improve overall quality of life. Clearly, getting enough protein is incredibly important, but how in the world do you hit your target protein count without spending a fortune, endless hours in the kitchen, or eating 24 eggs a day? Getting enough protein might seem impossible, but it's actually easy when you add Prime Protein's doctor-formulated, incredibly easy-to-digest and affordable beef isolate protein powder to your diet. Just one scoop has 20 grams of protein. And I personally take their unflavored version, which contains just one single ingredient. No stevia, no flavorings, or anything else added. Plus, Equip Foods Prime Protein is incredibly affordable to help you hit your complete protein needs for less than $2 a day. Tell me the last time you bought grass-fed steak for $2. (laughs) Probably never. Equip Foods prioritizes working with regenerative farms who let their cows graze outside and sources the highest quality grass-fed beef protein they can find. And while they trust their partners completely, they still do independent routine quality and contaminant testing to make sure their protein is free of harmful amounts of heavy metals and toxins like glyphosate. The way prime protein is processed is the same way that bone broth is made, using low and slow heating to preserve the nutrition without any chemicals. The end result is the purest beef protein powder you'll ever find. And each scoop has the same nutrient profile as a four ounce steak. So if you're following a carnivore, keto, or paleo diet, and you're looking for something to add to your smoothies, shakes, dips, soups, and baking, then you'll love Prime Protein. It's easy on the gut and contains all nine essential amino acids plus additional amino acids. There's over 2,000 five-star reviews, and I'm just one of them. But the best part is that it comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't love it after 30 days, return it for a full refund, no questions asked. And you guys know I have a discount for you. So if you go to equip.com, 
wholefoods.com slash digest and use code digest, you'll get 20% off. Again, go to equipfoods.com slash digest and use code digest. That's equipfoods.com slash digest and use code digest to get a whopping 20% off. Well, thank you so much, Courtney, for coming on today. It's a pleasure to have you. I'm excited to talk with you. I love watching all your videos. Oh, thank you. And, you know, I um, I started, I, I think I was listening to a different podcast that you were on, and I like to... Uh, I like to just introduce my guests to my audience, kind of like we were in the middle of the conversation, right? So your life, you're a news anchor, but you've been, how long have you been a news anchor? Over 20 years now. Okay. And what was your life like when you were a reporter for Fox? Because you were a reporter for Fox News, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, half of the time that I was there, so I was there uh, six years and half of it, (laughs) I was very active in my addiction, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And then I went to rehab and I got sober. And then the second half was working there in sobriety, which was an adjustment for me. Well, let's just go ahead and talk about, about that. So you, you had substance abuse and what kind of addiction did you have? Did you have like multiple? Was it alcohol? Was it drugs? Like what? Yes. Everything and the kitchen sink, as long as it messed me up. I know I always say that I had a 15 year party career and my drugs of choice were alcohol, cocaine, Ambien, Adderall, and Xanax. I wasn't ever into pot because that I, I feel like I'm allergic to that. I didn't like, you know, acid or shrooms or anything that, that wasn't my, my, drugs of choice, but I was almost 30, which I feel like a lot of people I know in sobriety also got sober around that time. I think you realize, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. It's not that cool to be dancing on top of a bar. Right. You kind of <laughs> like get to that maturity age. And now I have 14 years sober. I just celebrated my 14th sober birthday, oh my, my sobriety date, which I did not plan, by the way. I checked into rehab and they were like, okay, your your sober date tomorrow will be, and it was 090909. <laughs> so I don't want to mess that up. And honestly, I kind of was just like, surrendered, fine, I'll do it. And then the more time I got, the more... I realized how awesome it was. And that's what I try to spread the message about that you can still have fun being sober. You really start living when you're, you know, substance free. Yeah. And you're not bump on the log. I mean, so many people think, oh, like I won't date him or her because they're sober. They're no fun. They're, they're judging me. Like I don't judge. I don't preach. I don't try to convert anyone. I just share my experience, strength, and hope. Well, you have (laughs) such a wonderful experience though. I mean, but you were still working for Fox and you were hiding your addiction or was it pretty open? When I went there, I had bosses tell me that I was known for being a party girl and I partied with a lot of people that I worked with too. 
some of the culture of the news business, as I'm sure is with lots of different professions, after we're done, we all go out and party. And for me, it just was getting so bad that I knew if I was going to be drinking that I needed to make sure I lined up my cocaine because I knew the second I took a sip of alcohol, I immediately wanted Coke. And so I was really nervous that I was going to get caught buying blow from some shady dealer and then lose my job. Because up until that point, my career was my most important thing next to partying. Both mm-hmm. of those two things. Do you, and but do you feel like that maybe your career, like you felt like you had to fit in. So you had to do that if everyone else was doing it? No, I just loved getting messed up from day one. I mean, backtracking a bit, like I grew up in Pennsylvania. I was really shy. I was really bullied. And so when I took my first drink at 15, two things happened. One, I came out of my shell and became this fun, funny, outgoing person who suddenly had a bunch of friends, the people that liked to party. And then also it numbed out the pain of me not being liked. And I kind of got harder and was like, you know, F, F you, all, all you bullies. And I, I did know from third grade on that I wanted to work in news. So I was always like in the TV studio till 10 o'clock at night. And I, I developed a work hard, play hard mentality very early on. So it's not like I ever let my partying get in the way of the news. Like, I never drank before going to work, but I was I severely hungover? Was it affecting my performance? Absolutely. When I moved to New York in 2007, for me, it was like, oh my God, the bars are open till 4 a.m. And since it was before Lyft or Uber, like I didn't have to worry about drinking and driving. I could just take taxi cabs everywhere. And then there's all these, you know, shrinks in, in in New York that will just, you just pay them cash and they'll give you pills. And I needed my Ambien to go to sleep early. And, but that gave me such a great high. I love to take that before I went out and I needed my Adderall to wake up and get story ideas. And I needed my bottle of Xanax on me all the time, because what if I was stuck in the subway underground and we got, we got stuck and I would have a panic attack. Like it's crazy how all of these like phantom anxiety things and like needs for these drugs, like how you don't need them once you're off of it all. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, and you guys work odd hours too, like news anchors, you guys get up at like 3am or I mean, I don't even know, 2am. I was on the the morning show. Um, I was on Fox and friends and the end time was 3am. So there were times where I was still really messed up from the night before. And I remember doing some news cut-ins or news headlines uh, still drunk I, and like praying to God, please don't let me become a YouTube moment and slurring. And I mean, I would always try to stop. And when I saw this video of myself on, I went out to a party in the Hamptons and I put, uh, I was doing drinking, um, vodka Red Bulls all day and doing cocaine all day. And so we were coming back to the city around like eight at night And that's when I was going to take my pills because that's what I did. And I put my bra, my strapless bra on my head because I was pretending I was a pageant winner. (laughs) And my friend was interviewing me about winning the pageant. And I thought like, oh my God, I'm so cool. So many people must recognize me. And then... I was basically in a blackout and two weeks later, my friend sent the video like, oh my God, did you you know we filmed this? And 
I saw my behavior and I was appalled. And the people on the train were looking at me in horror. Like I was so disgusting to them and really their faces kind of said it all. And so I figured like, okay, it's probably going to be wrapping up soon. I mean, I didn't like the fact that I was around all these like prominent Fox News people and in blackouts, they'd be like, oh, remember I saw you? And I was doing things like smashing blueberry pie in my face. So it just wasn't cool. So I knew we were probably going to be like wrapping it up. And and then, like I said before, ultimately it ended up... Um, my friends couldn't wake me up. Uh, we were down in Florida for this like couples weekend and they surrounded my bed and it was what they said that convinced me to go to rehab for 28 days. And it kind of messed up my airtime at Fox because when I came back, like even though they were super cool about it, um, like a bunch of, uh, kind of shifted things. Like I had had a segment on Bill O'Reilly's show and then suddenly I wasn't there. So they had to fill that. And I just like lost all my airtime. So then when I got, you know, in the initial days of finding out who I am as a sober person, like I felt like I lost my identity because I had kind of lost 95% of my airtime. And then by partying, my love of alcohol and partying. And so it was such an adjustment, but I'm grateful for that time because I really was able to do all the things that, you know, they said to do and do, I mean, I was doing weekly therapy. I was doing couples therapy. I was going to 12 step programs. I was doing commitments. I was doing all the, you know, I had a sponsor, like all the things that they tell you to do. I was like, fine, I surrender. I'll just do it. And and then, you know, one one day at a time, as yeah. you say. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, your friends actually seem like, at least, at least the ones that surrounded you, seems like there was a good group of friends that wanted you to go to rehab. Like, was that your, your turning point, you would say? Well, it was first my husband at the time because he, I always say Ambien took me down because I just decided to use Ambien like before going out to the club. <laughs> Because I loved the high that Ambien gives you. And I'm sure people who take it, like, if they don't go to bed right right away. I mean, I was ordering random things online, and I had no, no recollection of it. And there would be packages that would arrive. And I would see um, my Facebook messages, because that was in, like, 2008, when everyone was getting on Facebook. And I would see, like, jibber-jabber that I had written. And, uh, I mean, look, I I've heard of Ambien stories, like, where people... I mean, I had people like profess their love to me and they had no recollection of, of leaving these messages on ambience. So that, that, that stuff can be crazy. Um, ultimately I'm just so glad that I, I don't need any chemicals in me. And I, I was really hung over when they were presenting me with my impromptu intervention. And I always say like, I'm so grateful that like I knew in my heart that I deserved more for my life, that I had more to offer this world and that it would be the best decision I could make. And it was the best decision. Yeah. Well, I love that you're so open and willing to share your story and, and, and willing to help others. Uh, what would be the yeah. most helpful advice you can give to those wanting to break free from their addiction, but can't or just don't know how to start? Right. So I, I mean, if it's, if it's severe, I always recommend rehab because it's like all the, you know, your life is just so blown up at that point. Like my work knew, my family knew, and I don't know if I would have done outpatient or meetings. Like, I don't know if I would have gotten sober. I think I really needed to be like locked 
in this place where they were drug testing me and it was so vulnerable. Like I never want to go through that experience again. And because I had been on so many chemicals, like maybe some people out there just have alcohol. Like I had like five things in me all the time. So once I got clear of that, I started noticing like, wow, look at, I was just so present and look at all these colors. Like I just was going through life so focused on me and shallow stuff. And then my life expanded anyways, but those are all the benefits, but back to your advice. So if you could go to rehab, great, but if not, so with, um, zoom now since COVID, like there are so many AA meetings, a 24 seven, like there's a women's international meeting, like all that stuff where people are too afraid to step foot inside an AA meeting, you can just keep your screen off and listen and just, just, you know, there's on the women's one there, they're like ladies sleeping and, you know, eating Cool Whip. And the bottom line is if you can't stop on your own, like what's working for you or it's not working for you. So what? why not try something else? Like you might as well try it. Yeah, for sure. And what about for those that they want to break the news to their friends, their family, their coworker, but they don't know how to do it? Like what would be the best approach for them? And they're like, okay, how do I like tell them that I have this problem? Well, what advice could you, yeah. could you give? Yeah. It's interesting because I, I have several friends who are going through that right now. Look, you got to know this. The only people who are going to have a problem with you not drinking are people who have a problem with alcohol themselves. And Amen, like sister. My sister <laughs> for example, like, well, and then also like, I was kind of pissed about this, but my sister has quit drinking for the whole um, year. I don't know if she's going to, you know, stay that way, whatever. And my mom was like, oh, but we're going, me and her are going to Paris together. And like, I want her to be drinking wine with me. Like, that's like, like that sucks. Like if a real friend or someone who cares about your health and welfare is going to support you, they're going to say, wow, like, how can I support you? Let's go on a hike. Want to go bowling? Want to go see a movie? Want to go get massages? Want to do a spa weekend? Like that, they should want to do that. And don't take it personally. I mean, people are only ever acting based on what they want for their story. But I mean, I would just own it. I'd just be like, hey, for my health, this is what I'm doing right now. Like, I don't know if it's, you know, you don't, don't say like it's forever. People feel like it's a death sentence. Just be like, hey, today I'm not drinking and I feel great. Like if you own your story, like less people are going to question you. And you know, a lot of times, like if you go to a party, this the host just wants to make sure you have, you know, you're comfortable and, and people just want you to have a drink in their hands so they don't feel weird. So then get like a club soda with a lime in it. Or I liked um, a ginger ale and cranberry with a lime. Yeah. Just, or there's so many, I mean, there are zillions of mocktails totally. out there right now. It's actually like going on a craze now where I go to like even to Sprouts or like I'm grocery shopping and there's like a whole mocktail section now. It's like like alcohol-free wine and alcohol-free beer. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, like there's so many options now. Yeah, there's a couple really good, um, like I, wine was never really my thing, but there's some white wine, the de-alcoholized wines. And look, my, my thing was always like, 
I, I don't like to drink my calories. So with drinking, it was like, what's the point of having one? Like, why have the calories? Like I drank to get drunk. So the, the, the fake wine or whatever, like it's, it's not triggering to me. Some people don't like to drink it because they think like, oh, it's going to trigger me. I'm going to want the real thing. Like, uh, honestly, like, I'll just be like, okay, you know, when we, my husband and I were in Italy for our one year anniversary, it was like, oh, they gave us um, non-alcoholic champagne and non-alcoholic wine, which is amazing that the hotel had that. And we're like looking off into the, you know, the sunset with Positano, like, sure. Like those types of occasions I will, but otherwise like, I'm like, well, I'm all, I feel like every day I'm dieting. Right. So it's like, well, I don't want to drink those calories. But it's nice to know there's options for, I mean, I went to an 80s party at this bar um, the other night and they had a really good non-alcoholic wine. Um, so that was exciting. I'm like, ooh, this one's good. You know, so for special occasions. Yeah. Well, and then you mentioned your husband. How did you guys meet? And like, was he, were you just totally upfront with him about your past, you know? And like, how was that whole situation? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I, you know, there's a whole like blurry lines on what you're supposed to say about like being in the program. So I was actually speaking at a a 12 step meeting and he was there. So he's also sober. He has, uh, he's, he is about to turn 22 years sober. So it was such, it was like, it was the best. I always say the best, the best decision was getting sober. The second best decision was getting divorced from my first husband, who I'm super, like, he's the the father of my two kids. We're really, we're really close. I'm close with his wife. And then I met my husband and my kids hit the, the step-parent jackpot. And, but it's, it's really nice living in a sober household. Like we just, you know, we don't have to worry about that, that stuff. And, and, you know, he'll have an occasional uh, de-alcoholized wine too here and there. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like I, we just love being sober so much that like, and I, I used to have to drink before I did everything, but now I don't, and it's freeing. Like if we go to a party and we're bored, it's like, okay, well we can just leave. Like before you used to have to commit the whole night to everything. Like, you know, how am I going to get home? How am I going to get my drugs? And then you're hungover and you like, I, I, I show up for appointments now. I don't have to worry about like in the beginning that was like, Oh my God, wait, I can, I'm, I'm definitely going to meet. I'm definitely going to make this brunch. I'm definitely going to meet that, make that meeting. I'm not going to be like hungover. Isn't that freeing? It's just so nice. And to your point too, like how you met your husband, I know so many couples, they say they met their husband or their wife through like AA meetings or recovery centers. And it's just like, if you're listening right now and you're like, man, maybe that's like how I'm going to meet my significant other, you know, like that's just another like perk. And yeah, I have a lot, a lot of my, our couple friends our sober couple friends, which we have friends that drink and don't, I mean, it's like, we can be friends with anyone. It's not like you only have to hang out with sober people, but a lot of our good couple friends also met in AA. Isn't that so cool? And then you just have that support too, where like you're accountable for each other and it's really great. And you don't have to, I don't know, like tiptoe around because the other person is also like in it with you. I think that's just so supportive and great. The one exception is early sobriety. That's kind of like the rules on that. I mean, they have like a term called 13th stepping where (laughs) that's like guys who go and like try to hit on younger newbies. (sighs) So (laughs) I, I, I think like the healthy thing to do would, would make sure, you know, both of you guys are 
um, have done work on yourself. And, and look, hey, being sober allows you to have all the time in the world to listen to self-help books and just to, to really be more evolved. And that's what I loved about Jim meeting him. Like, I mean, we, it's funny. So we're actually doing it again, but he found, he did this, there's this, um, 40 day miracle program. It's called, uh, it's by Melanie Beatty. It's a book. And for 40 days, you do your gratitude list of 10 things. And you're supposed to kind of like look back through your life and be like, look for the negative and, and find the positive. Like, oh, I'm grateful that relationship broke up because I'm grateful I didn't get that job because, which is kind of hard. But um, I was my husband's 40 day miracle. Aww. So he, yeah, I know. And so then um, we were both kind of like feeling stuck with like what's going on in the world and everything. And so um, we, I now use his his therapist um, on on Zoom. We had do meetings and I, I was just like, yeah, I need a tune up. And she, she told him like, Hey, you know, maybe it's time to do miracles again. So I'm on day seven oh. and it definitely, it definitely helps you like look throughout the day. Like you're, you're like, Oh, I'm going to have to add that to my list. Cause I do my list at night. So it, it changes your perspective and whatever. I mean, you don't have to have a specific miracle that you're asking for. You can just be like, I want to have new goals or I want to do this or that, like write out everything. And it's just a good practice. Yeah, that's so cool. The point is, is that, you know, he was he was doing that when I met him, and he 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 has really good luck. He also got like his first big show during that forty day miracle thing. So uh, I, I don't know. I kind of like being like, yeah, it was your forty day miracle. You guys are so <laughs> cute. All right, you may not know this about me, but every morning before I drink my daily coffee, I actually drink electrolytes first. There's two reasons I do this. One, your body is naturally dehydrated from the previous night's sleep and is craving hydration. And two, coffee actually dehydrates you, even though it is technically a liquid. So rule of thumb, hydrate before you caffeinate. I personally use Element Electrolytes in my morning routine. It's literally the first thing I drink every single morning. I stick to their raw, unflavored version, which contains no sugar, no flavorings, no coloring, and no fillers. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of salt, magnesium, and potassium. And their unflavored version has only those three ingredients. Element is by far the cleanest electrolyte drink I've found on the market, and I've been looking for a while. Other electrolyte drink mixes have added sugar, maltodextrin, dextrose, gums, and even added oils. Electrolytes are essential for our body to function. So you want to not only make sure you are getting them in your body, but you are getting the best kind. There's also research to back that when you keep hydrated, there are lower risks of anxiety and depression in individuals. So whether you just finished a workout, sauna session, or just waking up in the morning, Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for those following a keto, low-carb, vegan, or paleo diet. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packs free with any Element order. To get eight free packs, you must go to 
D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash digest to get this offer. Element also has a no questions asked refund policy. So you can try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. So go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash digest to get this amazing offer. I'll also leave that link in today's show notes so you can easily scroll down and order with just one easy tap. Now, I know you suffer with migraines and headaches, and I want to kind of touch on that because this is like a chronic thing, right? Yes. For over six years, I've had a continuous, never stops headache that varies on the pain scale between a two and three and a 10. And I cannot figure out what like the triggers are. Like, I mean, we, we tend like now six years in, it's like, oh, well, it seems when the seasons change, it's a little worse. I mean, I have tried everything under the sun in the Western world, in the Eastern world. I mean, I've had like freaking voodoo doctors. I mean, I've tried every Instagram contraption that people, you know, and it's, it's annoying to talk about only because what people then want to give me suggestions. And I'm like, I've done that. I've done that. I've, I've everything analyzed in my body. I've tried, you know, I've gone to acupuncturists, chiropractors for years, like every CAT scan. I mean, I've done all that stuff. Like, and I suffer. So I suffered with this in my early twenties for three years. And the interesting thing about it is that when I moved out of California, they went away. Ooh. So Right now though, like I can't move because I've got my kid, you know, I can move in eight years when my daughter is 18. <laughs> right. Well, do you, Try do you out. think the, the migraines uh, stemmed from the substance abuse, like indirectly, like they caused it or you think it's like well, unrelated? The thing is that I would be willing to say yes, but I didn't have them. So I didn't have them for like 15 years. Right. So I don't know. I'm just hoping it's like I'm waiting for menopause because I'm I'm hoping that <laughs> some sort like of chemi- chemical will- change will change that. Yeah, I mean, I've had hormones analyzed. I've had allergies. Like, I, it's just something I freaking live with, and I just try to. I just be grateful that, like, okay, every day, like, well, at least I have my arms and legs. At least, like, I wasn't killed in a mass shooting last night. Like, I I work in the news and see all these horrendous things. Like, someone gave me this analogy, and I really love it. It's like if you took everybody's problems and just like threw them in a pile, like what? I don't really know if I want to pick someone else's problem, honestly, like shit's like so much worse out there. So like I could manage my problem right now. Or I mean, I guess like for whatever reason, I'm doing somatic tracking. Have you heard of that? That's my latest thing. I read this book called The Way Out. And it's like when when someone has pain, but there's no, nothing on the CAT scan or MRI or like they can't find anything wrong, then it's neuroplastic pain and your brain kind of flipped the switch and made a mistake. Like even if you were in a car accident, like that can be the initial reason for the pain, but then you're, it, it's like your brain gets stuck. So I'm doing these somatic tracking meditations to 
try to see if that'll help. And it, it's all about like, oh, looking at the pain, like with a level of curiosity and okay, your brain is just experiencing this because maybe it thinks it's in danger. So let's, let's tell us that we're, we're safe and all that. I, I, I get the reasoning behind it. I mean, the book was great. It's called the way out. Is it um, helping? I, a lot of, a lot of people have been, you know, cured their stuff. Um, I don't know. Some days I feel like some days I feel like it is working. And then some days it's just worse. And I, I don't know, like if, food, you know, I've done all the food diets to see like, some, you I know, was just oh, is it sugar? Yeah. I mean, like, so what is your diet like right now? Like, do you feel, I mean, just, just like speaking of, because you, you still work for the news, you work for KTLA right now, for those that don't know. So we're, you're in California and KTLA is, um, I feel like it's, it's, it's a pretty big news station. Even though it's local, I feel like it's pretty major. Yeah. Well, people can watch us. I mean, people in Canada watch us. Like it has a far ranging reach and also you can watch online or on YouTube and those type of things. So there's people all over the world really that, that message me and stuff. Yeah. So because you work for KTLA and you're a gorgeous woman, you're beautiful. Uh, do you ever feel like pressure to keep up with appearances because of you're on TV all the time and all this, all these things? And like, how does that, how do you feel? Like, because it, it has to be like pressure, right? Oh, of course. I mean, when after my two babies, like I wanted to come back, obviously looking good. And also the camera does add 10 pounds for sure. And viewers, I feel like can be not nasty, but they'll give backhanded compliments about like, oh, you've lost weight and or oh, like, yeah, so that whatever, not that I let that bother me. But um, it's funny, I'm on this show right now where they do the side angles, which I freaking hate because when you're sitting to the side, you look like twice as wide. So I look, I've been, I've been low carbing it since I was 16 years old because that's the one thing that works, but I, I'm a yo-yoer. Like I just, I think too, with being sober, it's like sometimes when you're having a bad day. I just want to make some pasta or I just want to get some pizza or get some froyo or my an Oreo McFlurry cuz I've just had a really bad day and it, I'm not going to drink or drug but like I need some some carbs. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so do you feel like for the most part a lower carb diet is like your your go-to or like your jam no pun intended? <laughs> yeah, I think that well, so I'm a big intermittent faster person. That has been um, the past year of my life. For the most part, I do, you know I try not to eat before noon, and I try not to eat after eight. I'm not like I, I do. I have a little app. It's called the Life App. It's free. It's great to get into it, and it just tracks your you know your window of when you can eat and when you're in your fast. And that to me was like a very easy diet because I was you don't even really have to change what you're eating and you're exercising. It's just, I, 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 you know, the times I've done it, it's like, Oh, the, the weight comes off. I mean, it's, it's a slow thing, but then I will go through periods of time. Like I'll still eat fruit, but like I cut out obviously all the bread and all the sugar. And yeah, I, I always feel, I feel great when I do that. It's just, I'm, I'm human and I have, 
I'm an addict. That's the thing. It's like addictive people. Like I'm not just going to have three Skittles. I'm going to have the whole bag until I feel sick. I'm not going to have like one, you know, the 10 wheat thins. Like I want to have half the bag until I feel sick. Like that's just my, how my brain is programmed. <laughs> well, I think it's always funny because like, for example, I'll look at like the serving sizes that are on packages. It's like, or like, okay, serving size for ice cream is a half a cup. I'm like who eats a half a cup? of ice cream or who eats like two cookies, which is a serving, you know what I mean? Like these little mini things. So I think it's always hilarious. All or nothing. Like just get that. And I, with the kids, like they, they always want, I I just, I'm so bad. Like, so I have a mountain house and I love going up there because then I can go up there with my like, um, creation cleanse or whatever. And I'm not going to, there's not going to be anything else to eat there because there's no snacks or whatever. Like that's when I'm the most successful. But then when I'm here with my kids, there's like, you know, snacks in the house and that's just bad to have around. Do you, do you ever, or have you ever suffered with gut issues or do you ever deal with bloating? Um, nothing that was, a, nothing that was ever long-term. Okay. You know, I, I think everything is, is, is healthy. I know, I know that that that's been your issue. And I have a, a dear friend who like, oh my gosh, she only goes number two once a month and has to do colonics. And it's just, yeah, maybe, maybe she'd be girl. A good if I, person. if I don't have a bowel movement once a day, I am like messed up. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. So th- I mean, like, thank God. Okay. I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, would I trade my friend for her problem? I don't, I, it sounds horrendous. I, I, you know, oh my gosh, she like, when she did, she like clogged my toilet and it was so embarrassing. And it's just like, <laughs> man, that's like true friendship right, right there. When you get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> And she's like, I'm so sorry. I think I have to, you know, carry a plunger, but I haven't gone in a month. Oh, poor thing. I mean, okay. So what's it like though, working for the news? Like, cause you have to deal with so many different life situations. Like you're seeing maybe like bloody, I don't even know like how I would deal seeing all these things and knowing all these things. How, how do you deal with that? It's tough. Yeah. I always think about the time I saw an investigator picking a 17 year old's brain matter off a truck wheel because he'd been run over. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, most of the time when we get to the scenes, those like the bodies are covered up with sheets. But I think it's more of an emotional thing. Like I've, how many mass shootings have I covered? And I can't believe like, as we're doing this podcast that, you know, I was just listening to the press conference of the shooting in Maine that just happened. And it's, it's, it's when they, when, you know, you have to go to the scene and the people are trying to find out if their loved ones died and you're having to be all in their face, like, how do you feel that, you know, your son was just killed or, I mean, and that's every story. Like, that's all we cover in local news. It's like, if it bleeds, it leads. It's death and destruction. It's horrible, horrible things. Like I've just covered horrendous, horrendous situations. And if I flip it into a positive, it's like, okay, like I'm just going to be super thankful and grateful for everything that I have. Like I know when I, when I drop my kids off at school, literally every single day they get out, I think about 
a school shooting happening there. Like it's on my mind. And I'm like, I'm grateful for all, like, is this the last moment? I mean, and I think a lot of parents feel that way, just not even working in the news. I know they feel that way. Like you just never know, but I've covered the freak things of all these like sideswiping accidents or just like, I mean, it's just so much rain. I mean, a lot of the stuff that does happen, I will say like 99% of what happens out there, there's always a there's always a backstory or it's drug and alcohol related, but the freak things, they really bother me. Cause it's like, wow, that could, that could be me. Right. And so, well, obviously not a lot of people, not most people listening right now are not news anchors. However, we all have some sort of like anxiety or fear of like knowing what's happening in the world. So do you have any tips of like how you deal and like how you kind of come back to, I don't want to say reality, but like, uh, a safe place in your mind? <laughs> My two biggest tools that I do often, I mean, I'm a daily meditator since 2015. So I do, I set my timer for 21 minutes and that brings, well, meditation is just so helpful in so many ways. And if, and if you want to hear more on that, I actually did write a book about sobriety and that's chapter seven, all about meditation. Cause I was not about doing it. And then I got invited to a class and I just took notes on like, Oh, okay. How my life is changing by doing this. And it, it just became a habit. Like I have to do it. Like if I don't, if I don't do it one day, I feel it like, so that just keeps me sane. And then with bigger feelings, it's journaling. And I came to find out about journaling because it was one of the things I tried to solve my headaches. Um, the, uh, which Dr. John Sarno is big on that. He wrote like the mind body prescription and heal your back pain. So his whole thing was like, Oh, go through your life and analyze your trauma and write about all that and whatever. And so while it didn't heal my headaches, um, it became a very useful practice for me. So if I have any sort of resentment or like uncomfortable feeling about X, Y, and Z, like I set my phone timer for 10 minutes and, or sorry, 20 minutes and I get out my, you know, journal, whatever, and I'll rage on the page as I call it. I'll just be like, yeah. I am feeling this way and I hate that, or I hate that person. And like, this sucks. And you know, or it could be like, I am feeling bored about my life, like any sort of emotion. And then kind of look at like, okay, how, how am I, what is my part in this situation? What am I learning from it? What am I hoping for it? Uh, what's the best, the best thing that can happen. And then I always bring it back to gratitude all the time. And then it's weird. Like at the end, I'm in like a trance, so the best, the be, if you have time, the best like way to do it is to journal first and then meditate. And look, a lot of times when I meditate, I fall asleep. And so I'm constantly like in the morning, if I get up early with the animals to feed them and I still have like an hour to go back to bed, then I'll put my headphones on and I'll put, my, put on my meditation music and, and fall back asleep. And then if I want to fall asleep or if I wake up in the middle of the night and can't sleep, like I'm constantly like meditating. I, I have, I have women at work that like, if we're in between shows, we go in the green room closet and we meditate and we listen to, we'll listen to meditation, YouTube videos or whatnot. Mm. Well, I think gratitude is like such a huge key. And I love the, mm -hmm. the past thing that you brought up is like, would you want to pick someone else's problem? Probably not. And it's so true. And I don't know if that's... Yeah, if you, 
way. Yeah. It's very helpful if you look at it that way. Like, and I don't know if it's, it's just that we all have like come to kind of quote deal with our own issues and like we kind of know how to manage. And so we don't want, we don't want to learn how to deal with someone with another new issue. You know, like we have our, our thing and like, all right, I know how to manage it now or whatever. And I don't know, like it's it's almost like starting from scratch, like getting a new <laughs> quote problem, you know? Yeah, and I, I feel like as so I'm 43 now, and I feel like as I get older, I mean, I'm I'm fearful of the day like that my parents die. I don't want to ever go through that, but I know I will. Um, and I try not like worrying is praying for what you don't want. So that's where the meditation I feel like is helpful. It really did cut down a lot of my worrying. So you just be like, okay, right now I'm in this room and World War Three is not happening. You know, right now I'm in this room and I'm, you know, I'm not at the grocery store like getting shot at. Like, like if you just come back to like, okay, where everything is happening around me and I am taken care of. That's one of my mantras. Cause we just, we just don't know. I mean, you just got, that's why it's really just like, okay, like life. I mean, and that's from being in the news, how you realize like life really can be short. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, all right. So speaking of news, like not to get political here, but do you, do you ever get fed news from quote big news? Um, and you have to just repeat what they tell you to say. So when I anchor in LA, I just read what's on there. Um, I would say that local news is less political because, I mean, obviously working at Fox, like that's, that was a very biased place, like, but they also knew their audience. So like they would pick the stories that they knew their audience would like, even when I was entertainment reporting, it was like, okay, you know, certain things their our audience is going to love but and and nowadays i mean i, I don't even watch cnn or msnbc or fox or any of those because i i don't want to hear people arguing like i i feel like when i went to fox in 2007 like there was more news and then things slowly got taken away for like the opinion shows and it just seems like so much of cable news is opinion and the guests let's bring on this Agendas, guest and that guest yeah. And have them argue. It's like, I just want someone to tell me a nice one minute and 30 report. Like, so, and so local news is just more of the, like, what happened in the community. So it's less about, I mean, I, I, I haven't really experienced too much. Um, I, I feel like COVID was the only thing where we definitely, like, scared you know, we're like, we're like toddlers. We, 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 like we scare people, you know, everything is like so like intense, right? So you just got to kind of like cut, de-exaggerate what you're hearing on the news. I think that's like, remember, it's just like not always as bad as, as we're making it out. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, what do you think, is truly harming us in today's society. Now, it could be food-related, lifestyle, devices, um, seclusion, you know, like what, in your opinion, what is truly bringing us down and how can we protect ourselves from that? I think one of the things, it's like, I'm struggling. I, I feel like we need to remove the comments section from every single post because like I follow the New York Post and I love their outrageous headlines 
But then I go into the comment section and I see all of these like angry people and I see it on both sides. It's not just conservatives, Democrats, like the, I don't know why I get sucked in and I have to force myself to get off because just the hate that's like, cause people don't, they're not saying it to each other's faces. And a lot of the, the, the things are the, you know, finstas or the fake Instagrams or bots or whatever. And it's just like, it gets people so riled up. And so I'm trying, I'm trying to limit my Instagram to an hour and a half every day. And like, I swear every single day I hit the time limit and then it's like, ask for more time where I'll be like, Oh, ignore the, <laughs> ignore the limit for the day. There's so many haters and people that are just so angry, especially online because they don't have to deal with it in real life. They could be hiding behind a screen and say whatever they want to say with no photo. And they're hurting people. They're hurting like a, someone else's like heart, you know, like I deal with haters all the time and like you have to get thick skin and, and you you go to their their profile and they're like, they're not following anyone. They don't have any followers and they're making all these crude comments. Like, like right. how do you deal with haters? Because I'm sure you get them because you're a beautiful woman, but I'm sure you have to deal with all the crap out there. Yeah, so if I get a nasty comment, I usually just block and delete. And I don't take it personally because I listened to this amazing book, The Fifth Agreement by Don Ruiz Miguel. And it's the four agreements, but then there was an extra one that he's written into The Fifth Agreement. And it's all about, um, well, there's like, be impeccable with your word. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions. And the one that I resonated the most most with was don't, that helped me was don't, take things personally and also don't make assumptions because those are lies we tell ourselves. But like his analogy is everybody has their own story. So imagine if you walk into a mall and there's all these movie theaters and you go into like your, your first story or movie that you see is yours. So you go in and you're watching the screen and you're like, oh, well, you know, I already know my story and there's no one in the audience. So then you go next door into your mom's movie and you, you're like, wait, that's not how I see my mom. That's how she sees herself. And wait, she sees me like that. That's not how I am. And then nobody's in her theater either. And she doesn't even realize that no one's in it. And then you go like to your dads and your boyfriends and you go into all these theaters and there's no one else in their theater. And and they're focused on their story and you, you you see yourself in their movies and that's not how you see yourself so then it's like wait like everyone is only watching their own story and then don't take it personally because like for example when i was dating in between my divorce and my husband now like i remember this guy was like court you're amazing you're awesome you're fun you're funny you have a career blah 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 but like i just can't date you because you're sober and I was offended at first. And then when I listened to that book, I was like, wait, like maybe that person's super cool, but like they have in their mind, they're a normie and they just, they want to have a glass of wine at sunset every day with their wife. Like maybe that's what they want in their story and that's not going to work for me. So I can't take that personally. And so it's like people are only acting out like if someone's like screaming at you at the, you know, at the store, they think, you know, are on the road. It's like, they're, they're 
going through something in their story that's causing them to act that way. So it has nothing to do with you. So just don't even take it personal. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. They're, they're obviously dealing with something else internally and that's something you always have to think about. And something I always say is like, you know, the worst thing, what's worse than being trolled is being the troll. Like how horrible would that be? You know, because it has- yeah. That hurt people hurt people too. That's another. Yeah, one. for sure. So yeah, I love it. Well, Courtney, you have so much behind you and so much ahead of you as far as your career, your life, your accomplishments. And I, I just think that you're just on a, a wonderful path. You have kids, a loving husband, you're living in California. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing right now, but... <laughs> Uh, but you know, I'm still, honestly, I'm still trying to figure things out too. Sometimes like what's my purpose. So I wrote the book tonight at 10 kicking booze and breaking news. Like that was the sober thing. So that's, that's what I'm passionate about. The, the fun fashion and wellness and sobriety. That's one thing. Um, I have all these other different areas that, I, that I'm testing out too. And it's like, what can I do that makes money? And, and, but just bringing it back to like, I'm super grateful. And like with the chronic pain thing, like I practice, I try to practice minimalism too. Cause it's like being healthy is the most important thing. And if I could just get the, the health, the healthy diet going a little better. And that's why I love your videos. Cause you give like the healthy cookie dough options to make. <laughs> well, I mean, they're they're always fun to make and I know that you know, everyone has their thing like you like the chronic pain, the headaches and like maybe that could be an inspiration for another book, you know? Like, who knows? That's that's, that's there. That and co-parenting because I every year we do Christmas pajamas. I work with my my sister, I call her, so my ex-husband's wife. She also works with me at KTLA and the four of us with the kids will do matching Christmas pajamas and we do all the the holidays and events and all that stuff together and so people are like, "Wow, how do you guys do that? You should write a book." So, yes, I have two possible books on the radar, but that's so cool that you guys are like so tight, you know, like, and what a blessing for your kids because they get to like yes. have it all really. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, all together a lot. And it's just, I mean, I don't understand why people in divorce, divorces make it so difficult. Like I, I would want that person to be on my team. You know, you kill more flies with honey. Like we, we always are in the, the situation where it's like, oh, you know, can you watch the kids that night? Because we have certain days that we're supposed to, you know, the custody or whatever. But it's super flexible. And it's funny because they're adopting a dog. And they were like, oh, so is Auntie Courtney going to be around while we're like at work this day? Can, can the puppy come hang with you and your zoo over there? And I'm like, sure. Oh, uh, how cute is that? Well, you guys, I mean, honestly, it's like the dream team. Uh <laughs> but before we leave, I want to know what is the typical day of Courtney? So the typical day is, um, so today, for example, I got up at 640. I like did a zillion trips up and down the stairs to get the kids off to school. So I dropped them off. Uh, usually I would do an 830 Pilates class down the street. So I'm like, I, I love doing Pilates. I'm uh, that's what I, I almost do it every day. 
And, um, but I'm doing this podcast instead. So I'll go to Pilates after this. But so I would come back from Pilates and then I would journal and meditate and I would kind of like prep myself for my work day. So then I'll get in the shower and get ready. And then I go into work and I get my makeup done. And then I anchor the four and five o'clock news. And then I leave a, a report for the later shows after, and then come home and uh, usually my my husband he's a, a screenwriter he's like wrapping up his day around like you know seven or eight or nine or whatever he's working out and then we like after say goodnight to the kids we usually watch watch a TV show sounds and then go to bed that's that's my day that's your day well it doesn't sound uh, too bad to me I'm really blessed and I am. Um, like I was the weekend, I worked weekends for 20 years. So a year ago, I made the decision like, hey, guess what? I don't want to miss out on any more crucial years of my kids' lives because they're 12 and or 11 and 12 now because I was reading about hit and runs for 10 hours every weekend. So I did just kind of step back to part-time and it's that's been a little like weird for me. And that's why I'm trying to like figure out what I do in the the other days, but I have two Airbnbs that I that I set up in the mountains, and uh, I, I'm I'm a very like I just need to be doing something all the time. So I got certified to teach yoga. I haven't actually taught yet. I got certified to to do you know to be a Reiki practitioner. I don't really I just do it on my 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 animals and like my friends or whatever. But I'm constantly like I'm constantly learning and just like. I'm going to some motivational Brendan Burchard, my friend invited me to go to to his like day of motivation next Wednesday. So I'm doing that. Like I I always want to be learning and improving myself and with the 40 day miracle, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? Man, I'm going to know a report on that after it's finished. <laughs> Well, yeah, even if you don't get your miracle, it's still a good practice to have. And I think that's, I think because I did it the first time in 2019 and my miracle was for the headaches to go away, which didn't end up happening, but it, it trained my brain to be like super, super grateful all throughout the day. Mm. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for your time this morning. And I know people are going to love to know where they can find you on social media. So where is that? I'm pretty much just an Instagram girl and it's my name at Courtney Friel. And then my book's on Amazon. So uh, if you know, you know, someone who is, is struggling, like, I think that's like my whole purpose is to, again, show people that your life isn't over if you have to get sober. Like there's so many good things and, and here are all the tips and tricks and, and here's how you get through this and that. And people who have no problem with alcohol still found it very inspiring because I would give all these examples of like, okay, here's this person who hated me or, you know, it was such a tumultuous situation. And then I journaled to them. And then like, I, you know, for two months I was wishing them, you know, good vibes. And, and then suddenly, boom, the situation just, switched and that person quit or that situation just went away. Like, I feel like I'm a magician that I've been able to, to do that. So like, I give, I give examples like that. Oh, well, wonderful. Well, I'll make sure that we put those links in today's show notes so that everyone can access them very easily. So thank you again, Courtney. It was so fun talking with I'm you. so glad we got to hang. No, and of course I'll see you on the gram. I love watching all of your content. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first.